so yeah man j dog uh i don't know i was uh it's been interesting because like um it's been nearly what two years now and i felt like he like i had been comfortable with the idea of you know still thinking about him every day and all that but comfortable with the idea of like um maybe i'm just kind of moving on and he's not influencing my life day to day like he was originally um but over the past month i've realized for me at least that wasn't true i thought it was for a little while but it really wasn't um and specifically like hang out with wesley and then just him reminding me so much of just from his laugh to just the way he answered certain questions to the way that i would start doing some type of chore at our campsite and Wesley would just kind of be standing around almost um, all these things reminded me of Jansen. And I was like, and then he just kind of, uh, or one sec, actually. Yep. Take it off. Yeah. Sorry about that. Though. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Influx of uh, moving in and out. But um, so, yeah, man, I like went to the show and it was the first jam show I had been to since going to a show with Jansen, I believe. Um and just the environment being there it was like i really felt like i could feel his presence there and it just felt like it was almost like old times again and i think we're going to experience some of that at the um wrigley show that's one of the things i'm excited about but Same here. what happened was like yeah we just started listening to the songs and saw the scene and saw the people around and i just started remembering like all these things about like i wonder what jansen would think about these new shirts right here or like um Ooh, I wonder what Jansen would think would be the opener tonight, or like, what is his opinions about the Nitrous Mafia right now? It's really crazy <laughs> <of> the show. <laughs> yeah, um, which is funny, but yeah, I think, and I kind of alluded to this when I was like on the, I guess, call with you last week. Um, so we listened to this podcast, Jansen, Wesley, and Lane and I called Analyze Fish. Yep, and they always would quote it, dude. So I listened to it with. Uh, Ariel on the drive up to just kind of show her about fish. And then one of the songs in the podcast they talk about was called uh, Divided Sky. And it was just this, like Jance would always make this joke and he would just yell like Divided Sky. And it was just like very, would always make me laugh. Anyway, like beginning of the first set, they start playing that song. And as soon as they started playing it, I was like, dang, Jance would be like really dig this right now. I'm like, he, it was like the perfect venue. The sun was coming down. Like Wes and I had talked about the playing that song beforehand. Um, and then, so that's when I like look over to my left. So Ariel's to my left and Wes is to my right. And I look over to her and I was like, uh, like, yeah, something about like, you see how Jansen reacted when they started playing the song. And I was pointing at Wes and I was like, oh, and then she was like, you totally just called Wesley Jansen right now. You know that, right? I was like, yeah, I know that. And so from that feeling, it was like, because I felt his presence so strongly, I just, it was like a, like, I just assumed he was there in my mind and he was just responding. It wasn't even really about Wes. I just, I just really felt like he was there and like, I could feel exactly how he would feel about him playing that song. Um, so that was a really cool moment. And then I just kind of lost it for a little while during that song. And it was like sad, but it was like good sad because it made me think about him again. And, um, so I don't know. There's just like a bunch of tiny moments like that throughout the weekend that really just kind of reminded me that like, nah, he's like, he's always with me, um, like unquestionably so. And so, yeah, that was just one thing I was thinking about for the next few days. 
And even Arielle, who's never met him, she she's kind of into like horoscope stuff a little bit. So she can, you know, she's a California girl, I suppose. But she was like, I totally felt um, some some his like some presence missing during the show. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. Um, but then when you said that thing about Jansen, I was like, oh, that's what that is. Um, so it wasn't even just me, which I thought was really neat. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of a cool moment, but I don't know, maybe we're supposed to talk more about Jansen being Jansen, but it's just kind of cool. Cause it's like the, he was had his time on earth and then you assume that's it, but it's like, no, I think he could still be not only affecting us, but has his presence with us. Um, which is evident to me. I don't know if you feel that way at all in some instances. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I don't know if I can point to a specific moment where that's happened, but there have been times in the past couple of years where I'll be doing something that, you know, typically he'd be doing with me or we'd, I'd be watching something that, you know, we'd usually watch together or I'd be talking about something that we would, you know, that something that we would talk about and I would have similar moments where for like a split second, I remember like, holy shit, like he's not here, but like still feels like his presence is here. And, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned how, when you met up with, uh, with Wes, it was kind of a trip, like just like seeing his mannerisms and, you know, how he responds to things and like how he stands and his laugh and everything. And, um, I guess back in February, I came to visit Austin. I was still living in Dallas and I hadn't been back. It had been 12 months since I had been in Austin and hadn't seen any of the friends really. Um, I think, well, a few, a few of the guys came and visited me in Plano. Um, but aside from that, I hadn't really seen anybody in like a month, like leading up to, uh, coming into town to visit for the weekend, I just had been really missing Jansen. He was like on my mind a lot more. Um, like I'd be out for a random drink with, with Tori and we'd start talking about something or we'd see something on, you know, like the TV at a, a sports bar or something, something would just remind me of him and it would, I'd kind of lose it for a little bit, you know, or get really emotional and that was happening a lot for that month leading, leading up to coming back into town and seeing people. And, um, I went and spent, whenever I came to Austin, I spent an entire afternoon with, with Lane and Wes. And, uh, I don't know, it just felt so good just being around them. Um, and I did have a few moments where I'm like, holy shit, like that laugh, it just sounds so much like Jansen's. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean exactly. And uh, that's how I felt. And it, it's like, and it felt good. You know, you know yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's like, oh shit. Cause it's like, you know, Wes is his own person and they're so different in every way, basically. But just like the little things like that, they can remind you. It's like, ooh, that's exactly like here his voice is in, um, which is kind of cool. And like, I can reiterate what you're saying too. Like, I remember uh, a few instances just like, and I guess it's triggered by just environments I was with Jansen in. So like, I just remember a few months ago, there's this bar here. It's a diving bar called Pete and Peters. And it's just like a place you go, drink pitchers, play pool, whatever. Um, kind of like a crown and anchor vibe. And 
it was just really packed and there's a lot of like kind of outer towners there. And I just didn't really, I look around and I was like, I don't really have anyone I want to talk to right now. Like the people I'm friends with here, like I just didn't really want to talk to. And I was like, in that moment, I just started thinking, I was like, oh, this is like when I would be talking to Jansen and like he would be saying something funny about the way that person is serving drinks or the, the goofy thing this did, guy did on his way to the bathroom, whatever. So then I just, yeah, same kind of feeling. I just get kind of caught up and somebody's like, what's wrong? And I was just like, it's like, oh, I was just thinking about a friend of mine, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. Those moments are, they're, they're like, you get caught up, but I, I like, I enjoy them and I make friends with those moments because, I don't know, it reminds me. And it's, it's a strange thing. As we get further removed, I, I don't have as many moments like that. And I weirdly kind of crave for more moments like that, or I don't know. Well, exactly. And that's how I was feeling until I went to the show and it felt just as strong and just as recent as ever. I was like, oh, this is in the background. This is still very much there, you know, yeah. right under the surface. I just, I've been neglecting it, I suppose. Um, so yeah, man. And it's interesting too, because he was only 26. So I still think about that too. Like he, he lived such an awesome life. He really did. Um, but, but it's still cool to fantasize about where he was going. Had he had his time chosen to not end right there. Um, cause I think, yeah, I don't know. I think he, he was, he was on his path to do some pretty big things, which is pretty awesome, but he had already done a lot. So it's, it's, it's sweet. Yeah. I feel like he was just hitting his stride. It felt like he'd really, uh, blossomed over the like last few years of his life and i've i just had this feeling like oh he'll for sure be you know one of the more successful friends that i have in whatever he wants to do because once he i think it's because if he he picks things that are interesting to him that he's passionate about and then he like doubles triples down and I just felt like yeah. throughout his life, if he, you know, that wouldn't have been his time to go, I think that he would have found other passions or, you know, things that were interesting to him. And whatever that is in the moment, I think he would have made something out of it. Um, like, I don't know if he would have stayed in, you know, uh, I don't even know what you want to call analytics, it. Data analyst, analy analytics. I don't even know if yeah. he would have stayed in analytics, but I feel like he would he would have always had something that was kind of taking up his spare time during the well, week he, that he was he was he, interested in learning yeah. more about. He had a I think a good combination of he pretty much worked harder than anybody around when he was like into the idea of the work he was doing. Um, whether that be with Workify, because I'd be hitting him up to hang out. And he's like, oh, I'm still working. And I'm like, dude, it's 7.30 on a Wednesday or dude, Thursday. He'd, like, he'd stay at the office like eight or nine <laughs> almost every day. Almost every day. And I work less than most people I know. So I was like, dude, come, uh, let's go get a drink or something. He's like, ah, yeah, sure. Maybe maybe after I'm done working at nine or 10. And then say on those occasions where we did meet up, then he was down to stay out later than I was still. Yeah. Even though he's going to be going to work two hours before I am. <laughs> um, he was just like, so about it and but along with like i'd say his hard work he 
I was just super smart too. So it was like, yeah. a, it wasn't like he was one of those dudes who had to work harder than other people to get ahead. He already had the intelligence. And I don't know if it's like just his natural intelligence, but it was more of like a creative intelligence in the way he would maybe approach problem solving, at least from my perspective. Um, so yeah, he had a really good mix of those. And that's part of what I think was really only just starting to pay dividends and would have continued to snowball for him. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like he was being told by his boss, you need to stay in the office until nine or 10 to get work done. Like you need to do X, Y, and Z. He would, that was like all him. That was all self-driven. Um, and a lot of the work that he did, it's not because somebody asked him to do it. It's because he like wanted to do it. And then he would just get so wrapped up in it that, you know, it's nine or 10 on a Tuesday or Wednesday and he's finally coming home. And then he comes home and he's laying on the couch with the, the computer on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just still doing shit. Uh, yeah, even when he uh, was working um, for his dad, I remember him telling me one time, like, because we were going on vacation or whatever, Bama games, or maybe he just had some finals that were taking more time, so he couldn't devote as much time to going down to the shop. And he was like, some other family was taking over, uh, cousin, uncle, or somebody. And he's like, yeah, we'll see when I get back. I think I'm going to have a lot of work to do. I was like, why? He's like, well, I just, you know, they're really pretty good at it, but I can just do it a lot faster and a little bit more organized. And that was my, like, way of, like, discerning that, oh, Jansen thinks and knows he's, like, very confident in his skill set in this way and can perform it at a very high level. So after I, and, you know, Wes reiterated, and I just kind of laughed at the, like, humble way he was, like, saying that. Um but yeah, but it, something I talked about with Ahmad the other day. Um, in his last few years, he would jokingly brag about himself, like I'm the funniest guy I know, I'm the smartest guy I know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chillest guy you know. <laughs> but it was way, like half was a right. joke, but he was he was being serious, like he meant it. Yeah, yeah, because they'd be like, really? He'd be like. Think about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Who's funnier than me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, uh, yeah. And that reminds me of, uh, I guess it was Obi's birthday party after Jansen passed away. Because Obi's birthday is when? Uh, March. March, yeah. Springtime sometimes. So it wasn't too long after, maybe six months later. And uh, he said a line that I think I've communicated, but it really stuck with me. He just like people were saying happy birthday and obviously he started thinking about Jansen and stuff and then he like pulled me aside and he's like you know what like the biggest bummer of it is to me and he was like that he was so I mean he was different man he was really different and like you know you could hear the conviction in Obi's voice and it was like something that a lot of people say and myself say too it's like and I don't know really I still don't know what it is you know we have these conversations we talk about it but I still can't put my finger on what it was exactly that felt so different about him. Um, yeah. Was it the way he could make us feel so comfortable? Was it, uh, I think that was a lot of it to be honest, but I don't know. That was something that resonated with me too. Yeah. And that's something that almost everybody I've, I think actually everybody that I've talked to for this has said different, unique, um, special, 
those are the words that have been thrown around and yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what exactly it is or, or it was, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you, I think what in Obregon actually said this, he said a lot of times, and it sounds terrible. Like a lot of times when someone, you know, passes, everyone's like, oh, like they were so special. They were, you know, unique in like, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, but like, without a doubt, Jansen was unique. Like nobody could argue with that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, yeah, Samir said this too, um, after Jansen passed and his mom had passed six months earlier. And he's like, yeah, I think uh, for some reason, the good ones do go young. And that was probably his jaded way of grieving. But also, I think there might be some truth to that. Like, you know, he really was different. He really was one of the good ones. And then for whatever reason, it's just like their time, I guess, burns brighter. So they, so their time and like their earth body basically is suspended for that reason. I don't know. Yeah. And that, that reminds me, like, anytime like a Mac Miller or a Juice Land song comes on, it does kind of like make me it, every once in a while, if it like comes on at the right moment, it does make me a little emotional. Um, like I know he liked both of those artists. And then I remember maybe it was a month, month and a half after he had passed. And uh, I was in an Uber and I can't remember what song came on. And I just like, started crying i was like i'm sorry man like my friend just passed away like a month ago i don't know what it is it's not like he was like this huge mac miller fan like he liked mac miller but i don't know it just reminded me of him yeah exactly that's how those moments affect me it'll just be the most random thing and i'm like oh i i don't i can't really talk right now i have to kind of look the other direction at something else you know otherwise i because he just these floods of memories start overpowering me so this makes me think of a question I want to ask you is um, we knew Jansen very well up until he was 26, but where do you think he was going exactly? Like, what do you think he would be doing this year? What do you think he would be doing by when he's 30? Like, that's what I kind of am curious about to hear your perspective. Career-wise, like, you know, in his personal life, both. Yeah, I guess just anything. anything just anything. Think of it. Dude, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know about like where he'd be, you know, right now, like September 8th, 2021. <laughs> but I I do think that contrary to his belief, I think eventually he would have found somebody that was like just as special as him that like the dream girl that he'd always been looking for. Um, I think he would have, you know, I think eventually he would have, he would have found that. Um, he never talked about being a family man, but I think he would have, he would really enjoy being a family man exactly. because the amount, like how much he cares for his friends and how loyal he is to his friends. I can't even imagine how loyal he would be to his his kids if he had kids um and i think he'd be like a, a fun dad I, I think eventually he would he would find that um 
yeah, I don't know if he would have found it by now, but I think eventually like dude was patient. He wasn't like trying to rush into anything or just like meet or talk to anybody. Like he was very selective about the women that he pursued. Um, well, and he was a catch straight up. And yeah, he was. He only, was. <laughs> and he was only continuing to become more of a catch. So, yeah. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, there's no question about that. And he, it would have been kind of like a, he would have been so humble about it too, because he would have like found somebody like beautiful, smart, whatever. He would have had to be. It would have had to have been some somebody who was more of the initiator. Like I think it would have had to be like that type of personality, like somebody who like pursued him. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I also think they could have been, you know, they could have helped him unlock parts of his personality to be, I don't know, more of like another side we hadn't seen of him, of like the romantic Jansen that does all these things for is i could see him being that guy yeah i didn't even think about that but (laughs) definitely yeah and then yeah i mean he would do things for his friends and like (laughs) we're just his fucking friends (laughs) yeah literally yeah and he would have been he would have definitely and he he would have been a dad that we he would do something and he'd be like see i told you i'm a good dad he would have done the same thing yeah yeah like your kid's smart as fuck your kid's like crushing it he's like and then career-wise he never asked for anything like he never asked for the promotion he never asked for more salary did he deserve it most definitely i think that it probably would have been a few more years until he took like the next uh I don't even want to say level up in his career, but um, I can't really think of a better way of saying it. But I think like once he was able to do that and come into more of a managerial role, I think he would have flourished even more in that, whatever he was, whatever team he was managing, whatever the team's doing. And um, I don't know. I also think he had like an entrepreneurial side that he would talk about every once in a while. And I think that's just, that just comes with uh, like having a parent that's an entrepreneur. Cause I, I think very much like that too. And, you know, I feel like to a certain extent, maybe you do too. I do too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think, I don't know when, maybe when he's like 30, 35, 40, 40, whatever. I think at some point he would have done something on his own. And I think he would have done well. Yeah, I think so too. And I feel like um, it's something I'm discovering as I get older too, but it's like, if you put in the work, if you do the right things, if you have the right personality, which you did all of those things, if people like you, they like being around you, you are productive and add a lot of value to the team. Eventually you're going to get your, what's, what's like your worth and what's yeah. coming to you. And yeah, maybe he wouldn't have had it a year or two from back then or towards now, but like it was coming. I really don't think, yeah, this question there. So yeah, yeah, it's just fun to, uh, because as we get older, it's like he stays the same age from that perspective of him. So I just wonder, it's like, say there's a bajillion universes and like, what is the universe where he's still doing something um, in that respect? What would that look like? And I think that's a pretty fair answer. But you mentioned something about him being a, good manager you think he would have been a good manager i don't know if he would have been like a great manager right away 
but I think I think he had you know the potential to be. Yeah, I mean, he's I like know. a very um, he has a lot of empathy. Whether he <laughs> like shows it or or not, um, I mean, he's smart as hell. I think he could have figured anything out. I think he's good with people. Um, yeah, exactly. That's something that uh, the empathy thing. Wes reminded me of um, when we went to those shows because, um, you know, Wes is kind of like Jansen. They um, just fun guys. They like to have a few beers. And so do I, especially at these kind of shows. And but Wes immediately, very quickly became a guy that was like had his stuff together and was like, here, I'll stay with you um, while we go look for food. And so we won't get lost together or like I'll do. And he was very much like just providing some like almost servant leadership, if you will, like taking care of us, but in turn leading us around. And I remember Jansen would do the same thing in a lot of those situations. Yeah. And that was a really cool part where I was like, damn, like <laughs> he's really got his, like, it's a really awesome trait of his. Yeah. I can like, think of a few, I can think of a few instances. So one of them was that second LSU trip when he went to the Alabama game and, uh, some of us got into the game and he actually got in with us the first time. And I don't know, I guess I'm more selfish than Jansen, but like a few of us were like, we're not leaving. My phone was at like 5%. I was like, no way I'm, I'm going back out there. I'm just going to get stuck out there by myself. And like my phone's going to be dead and it's going to be a disaster. But if he were in that same position, he would let his phone die and be stuck out there. Um, as long as he knew that he had tried to like help his friend get in, but he like went back out and ended up having to crawl under the, the fence. Was it with the mod? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And got back in, but I don't know. I, I just feel like that's the perfect example, like just selfless um, in those situations as to where I was a little more selfish and I was like, nah, I'm get, I'm staying in. Like <laughs> it was hard getting in here without tickets. I'm not going to try it again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I think is like, I see that in all of the Higgins really I do. And I think it's just like part of their genetics, but also the way they raise the boys, like yeah. all of them are like that. And all of them are like completely selfless arguably to a fault. Um, and but to like i think jansen could it was natural to him it wasn't something he was fighting it was like something that was predetermined it was like he was going to do this either way um so it wasn't like a situation where he had to decide am i going to help this person it's like no he was helping them he always was going to which i think is really neat yeah i have a i have a couple other stories and fuck it so like yeah same the first one that comes to mind we, I guess, were, I can't remember if we were freshmen or sophomore in college, but uh, we went out to their land in Wimberley, and it was it was me, Jansen, Adam Keaty, <laughs> Nick, and I think Ryan was there. I can't remember who the last person was. I'm pretty sure it was Ryan. And we all did mushrooms. And... <laughs> We all, I remember we made like a PB and J sandwich and ate it and whatever. And, uh, and then we like PB and J and mushrooms. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
<laughs> I think we drank some orange juice with it or something. Somebody had read that, you know, you drink the orange juice, it like helps the mushroom settle in your stomach and it makes you have a, makes you trip faster or whatever. And um, shortly after we took them, Nick Harrison and Adam were just fucking around and Nick was throwing these huge logs at these trees and snapping them in half. And Nick's a big guy, six two, whatever, how tall he is and pretty strong. And he's just like throwing these, these logs at the tree and they're snapping in half. So Adam, you know, like trying to be funny, he tries to mimic Nick and make fun of what he's doing. He throws a log <laughs> at the tree. Have you heard the story? I mean, I've heard it from Jansen's perspective. Okay. Only, so. so like he I mean, throws it at the tree, it bounces, it bounces off and hits him in the lip and takes off all of the skin from the front <laughs> of his lip. And he like licks away the blood and he asks, he asks us, you good? Or am I good? And I was like, nah, dude, that's bad. (laughs) And this is literally like 20 minutes after taking the mushrooms. So Jansen being Jansen, this is how I remember it. I don't know if this is how he remembers it, but he purposely made himself throw up all of the mushrooms so that he could be the sober one. (laughs) And he drove us all back to... Crap, we drove to San Marcos because um, I think we drove to Nick Harrison and Adam's apartment. Um, so yeah, we went back to the apartment and uh, made sure, you know, Adam was good. He like cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, I don't think he ever went and got stitches and he probably should have, but I just feel like that's the perfect example. Like Wait. he... No, I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. like he, he immediately like took it upon himself to have the responsibility of making sure Adam was okay. Yeah, I don't know. Is that yeah, similar no, exactly. to how he tells the story? So the only difference, the way Jansen told it, was, so how sure were you that he was purposely making himself throw up? Was that pretty evident from your perspective? I thought so. Yeah, okay, I, that's That's cool. how I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember him... I remember him uh-huh. saying like, well, fuck, like, you know, I guess I have to drive him back. Like I'm, I'm going to need to drive him back. And I remember him just forcing himself to throw up, but maybe, <laughs> you know, memory is a weird thing. Maybe. Well, so he, he told me at the time and he, and this is what I wondered. He told me at the time, he's like, yeah, you know how sometimes you get the nausea on the come up. Uh, I was like, yeah, like. He's like, yeah, I, I got it really bad that time. So I had to puke. So I puked. Um, and then uh, maybe it just timed up perfectly in it. Well, I'm wondering if he was kind of saying that because I've tripped with Jansen a few times. He never puked ever. Um, and he never puked in general. Right. Yeah. He didn't really. have. I, I literally can't think of any other time I ever saw him throw up. Exactly. Exactly. So I bet you he was he like trying to play it puke. down. And he was trying to play it down saying it would have happened anyway. So that's another example of like the dude was just like thinking about giving everyone else all the credit and like putting everyone else first, even in the way he's telling that story saying he was already feeling sick anyway. So it just happened to work out. Um, But really he may have been taking charge more than we realized, or he would have liked to have admitted. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I guess another, you know, another example you know, similar scenario, but this, 
his parents hopefully won't like i'm sure they'll get a kick out of this but we were all taking acid and uh <laughs> i just remember like so i'm not i don't like psychedelics i'm i just don't i just don't like how it makes me feel i get really anxious i just that's why i don't do them i just don't like it and i remember i was having i guess a bad trip or something and i just remember at one point i guess jansen picked up on it and the rest of the trip he didn't babysit me but it felt like i could just i could feel um i could feel him like trying to make sure that i was comfortable and like him letting me know like you're good and trying to point out the positive things that i could potentially be experiencing and i remember that really helping um so yeah i, I don't yeah. know just like making sure that i was comfortable and like, making sure that i was okay um he was always like that when we tripped he was always that guy and because he was that guy normally it was just an amplification of who he already was um but yeah nebel tells a story about that too where he just could like i don't know he was jansen did something like this he was like it's all good dude like eat these chips yeah and exactly he he started eating the chips You're like hey it's all good <laughs> and uh yeah and that's kind of what happened west at the gorge was that same kind of thing and that kind of reminded me of that vibe i was like dang that's cool and it's funny and i think that just like kind of speaks to all of our different personalities <laughs> like i feel like nebel and i are definitely uh probably can get in our head and let our head just completely take over as to where Jansen for the most part was pretty chill um, in every, like he was like, he, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Always that is calm. True. Like no matter what situation we were in, he was always calm. There was nothing that ever really rattled him or yeah. like caused him to like get into his head too much. Right. Yeah. He had a very strong mind in that way. He could just like, I don't know. I was always impressed by like how quickly he could fall asleep, how quickly he could just like change the situation from like, yeah, playing basketball to now going out to doing whatever. Yeah. Like he was saying his, like his, his, he was just in, attuned to the situation and didn't seem to, he'd be like one of those dudes that would be like anxiety. What's that almost? Um, yeah. Or like he knew what it was, but like, it didn't seem like it affected him the way it affected like me, you were evil, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah which is, which is cool <laughs> so y'all met in what like third grade second grade? so we met in fourth grade fourth grade. and yeah the first thing i remember about jansen before i even met him was uh he was right after he got his surgery uh because he always walked on his toes and everyone the, the teacher like prefaced their class or something it was like, hey, he just, and he wasn't even in my class. It was just like, hey, see this guy. Um, like he just got this very intense, painful surgery done. And he's going to have kind of a tough recovery because he has to like relearn how to walk basically. I was like, dang, that sounds crazy. Uh, and then sure enough, I see him and he's just kind of like, I did see him before that, just kind of walking on his toes. And yeah, he, he just always did that. But then I saw him like, be vulnerable in that way where he was like literally just walk like you line up in lines as you walk from like to the water fountain to gym class to all that and he's just like teary-eyed while doing those things just kind of hobbling 
I was like, dang, that guy, who is that guy? But everyone was like, everyone was like, no one was making fun of them. You know, like there wasn't yeah. anybody like any, like most other kids, they'd be like, look at that dude, like whatever. Like kids are vicious, but no yeah. one was saying a bad word about him at all. Um, and that was before I met him. And then I meet him and uh, I think we were, we played football together. He was like playing with like the cooler kids. I was playing with like Bogey and B. Um, <laughs> Wait, those aren't the cool kids? <laughs> nah, nah. Basically, this is the way it went down. It was like me, Bogey, B, uh, Corey Howard, guys like that were like yeah. one set of kids. And then there was the Jansen, Nick Harrison, to a lesser extent, Matt Orlando, Jacob Solis, um, even Sean Atkins a little bit, Adam Keaty, yeah. all of those guys that were more or less like not running shit, but just being a lot louder about the way they did things. Uh, mm -hmm. So they had their football game. And then his football game, Jansen and Knicks and all them, they'd play ours sometimes. And they would just like kick our ass and it'd be embarrassing because <laughs> we didn't really play sports. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that was like then when I saw, but he was like seemed a little nicer than them. He'd still make fun of us, I guess. I don't remember. Um, but he was a little nicer. And then in fifth grade, uh, I think we had the same language arts teacher, Ms. Kinslow. And we had to do that project. And I spoke about this a little bit at his funeral. We had to do this project where we uh, did the, like you, you have like, you build a man basically and on each arm and on his chest and all these things is like facts about their life. Um, and so I picked this track runner because I liked to run at the time, I guess, because I wasn't really an athlete. So I just ran around the track a lot. And I picked this guy, Eric Little, which was this like track runner from like the twenties. He's a British guy. Um, he ended up being a martyr in World War II, I think, for being a Christian POW. Uh, he's got an interesting story. But anyway, so I did that guy. And then Jansen was doing Stevie Ray Vaughan, and he was reading Stevie Ray Vaughan's autobiography. Yeah. And he was telling me all about how I just started asking him about the book. And he was telling me all about how, like, this guy uh, did all these, like, crazy things. Like, he was the best guitarist, best blues guitarist. And uh, he ended up dying in a helicopter crash i think that's what it was um but he's like hey he used to drop cocaine and whiskey and drink that for breakfast every morning and i was like what the hell that's crazy i don't think either of us really know what that even meant at all Wait, what grade was this fifth grade this was fifth grade fifth and Jesus. <laughs> he was telling me about this book i think there was a chapter called like seven grams or something yeah he was telling me how how he did like seven grams of cocaine in one day or something and i was like what the fuck like what is, what even is that and both that's kind of both of our reaction but we thought it was hilarious we just were like it's ridiculous you know uh and then and then i tell that story and then uh at the funeral wes was like he was telling me about that book like a month ago <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> so it's just like funny that like i don't know so that's how i really got to know him was there and then uh of course we ran against each other in student council in fifth grade and he pretty much mopped the floor with me then and uh <laughs> I was a bit, it was like me, Natalie Crane and Jansen running against each other. Yeah. And everybody was like, you were Natalie Crane. You were Natalie Crane. Uh, Cause we were like, we, we seemed like we were like the type. Yeah. And then Jansen is just like popular. The safe choice. So, <laughs> yeah. Jansen. And honestly, to this day, I think it's because Wes has so much pool himself that he gets his whole grade to always vote for Jansen as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was funny. So, but he was so gracious even then. He was like, kind of because he knew he was going to win all along. So he was like very nice as he became president.
Um, so yeah, he was just, I don't know. And then middle school, um, I think this would do, when did you meet him? Sixth grade or yeah. you probably knew him from basketball before that. I think I met him sixth grade. Yeah. So what do you remember when you met him? Uh, so what I told Matt and Ashlyn, um, it was either Wildcats basketball or just like at lunch one day in sixth grade. I don't remember, honestly. It's one of those yeah. two. Well, like, what were your first impressions when, like, you started getting to know him? Or is it more of just, like, you felt like you always kind of knew him? You know? I, I don't think that... I don't think I knew him as well in middle school honestly it didn't feel like he and i talked about this with a few people he seemed more shy i don't know he was shy in middle school because i don't really i remember him from elementary school and then i remember him in high school that's like the next yeah yeah I, i like i remember him always being a stand up guy and it's such a weird thing to say about a middle schooler, but <laughs> I just felt well, like he I was re- always yeah. a stand-up guy. Like he always held true to his values. Yeah. Well, I remember, I, yeah, I can agree with that. Cause I remember like, like Nick, Adam, whatever be doing some fucked up shit in front of somebody, but and not really fucked up, but just, you know, they were doing their thing. And Jansen was never doing it. He may have been laughing a little bit, but he would never say those things because he, he was a good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even in high school, I remember there's some memory of them, like, maybe you were with them. I know Matt was with them, but they were, like, going around egging houses. I was not and, with them uh, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Jansen always was just, like, to this day, like, he would be, like, dude, yeah, not good, man, not good. And he's just shaking his head, like, <laughs> we're so regretful just yeah. for being with them because yeah. he's, like, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to rat anybody and I don't remember who did what, but basically like, he's like, dude, you should have seen what Matt did to this snowman. Man. It wasn't good. <laughs> and, he's, and he's telling it in a way that's like, makes me laugh, but also in a way of like, he's putting himself morally above them. Yeah. Uh, because he was in that context. So yeah, he was just a master of that. And a master of just making all those situations that don't appear funny on the surface just hilarious yeah i feel like the more vivid memories i have are from high school um i mean you know when you play a sport like basketball that literally runs from the first day of school until the last day of school because you have a class for it and uh you know, during the season. So the season starts like what October and it goes till March. That's like six months where you're spending hours and hours with the same guys. And I feel like that's where I have more memories. And it's not like the actual games that I remember. It's more so being on, you know, the sideline during practice, like fucking around with Jansen and whoever else, like making jokes or like, you know, study hall, because we would have to do, I think, I don't know if that's what we called it, but we had to do study hall before um, 
before practice or like, I don't even remember the schedule, but we, we would have to do study hall, which was stupid because nobody actually studied during study hall. Or I'd remember like the bus rides, you know, just like cracking up on the bus or listening to whatever album had just come out uh, or him doing his Mikhail Hollis voice. Uh, give me cookie, give me cookie or just like random shit like that. And it was like, yeah. So even then he had bits. Um, like that's where the more vivid memories where I have some, I I don't know. Yeah. I wish I could have done some type of athletic stuff with him. That sounds like I would have liked to have seen him more in that context. Cause I do remember like going for runs with him in college when he was like trying to train for looking wranglers (laughs) and like, you know, I'm always down to go for a run. Uh, but it was just funny in my head because he's like, yeah, I got to stay in shape over Thanksgiving. Um, and we go on like two runs together and it's like, like, that's not going to do anything really. But to him, he's like, okay, this is good. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> we just ran the perimeter of something probably like a mile and a half, you know? Yeah. And he's like, okay, like, good. Thanks for coming. I was like, of course, dude. Like, but he would work hard and he, and I was talking to Wesley about this too. It's like, like, I am still like confused why. He didn't really work out that much. But then when we play basketball, he could always go so much longer than me. And I'm like, I have relatively decent cardiovascular health, but you yeah. seem to just have this limitless gas tank when we play basketball. And I don't know where that comes from. Dude, that's just called basketball shape. Like play basketball with Christian to this day. And that dude can play like 15 games straight. It's just like, yeah. a, it's just like a different type of cardio, I guess. Um, I guess if you grow up playing, maybe you get some of that because your body kind of knows where to push itself, where to put its limits. That's true. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had said. And he didn't play that much defense, from what I remember. So. <laughs> yeah. Not during pickup, at least. Yeah, like he would. He would. If the never, game was, yeah. I don't think defense was ever his strong suit. It's not like he was bad at it, but it, it was just never something that he didn't really care about i think <laughs> <laughs> like if the game was close it's like a two-point game like he's gonna play defense and he's gonna yeah. play hard but before that it's just like yeah i don't remember dude some of my best Maybe. memories are just being on varsity with jansen so like our senior year we were both on varsity and uh neither of us got like a ton of playing time so the games were basically just us sitting on the sidelines just like talking shit whatever and uh, yeah, I like I I still remember, you know, getting in trouble by Coach Collier because you know we're cracking up on the bench or you know, fucking around, whatever. I, I don't know. Like those are the memories. It's it's never the actual games. Like I don't think I can tell you. I mean, you know, JV and freshman year, we both played a lot, but I can't. I don't really remember any of those games. It was like the in between yeah. moments. Yeah, exactly. That just triggered a memory for me where uh, this is related to prom senior year. And uh, Jansen would probably be embarrassed me telling this story. But he took Jordan Reed. Yeah. And I remember on the lead up to prom, she like wanted Jansen to hang out with them yeah. so they could get to know each other a little bit more. And so he's telling me, he's like, yeah, she invited me over to her house. Um, and I was like, cool. What did y'all do? He's like, oh, uh, like, and I heard it from both their perspectives, which was hilarious. He's yeah. like, yeah, we watched a movie. I was like, oh, okay, cool. What did you watch? He's like, well, I put on The Departed. 
And it's like, okay, you go to this girl's house. She wants to watch a movie with you. And then you put on The Departed. <laughs> and I was like, so did anything happen? He's like, no, there was never an opportunity. We were watching this really good movie. And um, yeah, that's all they did. And they just, he came over, met her parents. They left. They watch a movie together. Jansen goes home. And so to like any high school boy, right? Their priorities are very different from that. Whereas Jansen approached it as like, I want to get to know this girl and I want to show her a movie that I really like. Yeah. And that's just like so sweet of him, really, because it was like he didn't even have his mind anywhere else other than I want to get to know this person and like share something that I like with her. Right. Yeah. Whereas a normal high school boy is like would try to just be getting in there, jump their bones as fast as they can just yep. to say they did something. Um so like maybe he would be embarrassed by that. But now I look back at those memories and I think that's pretty cool because it's just like, again, he was just like who he was. And he um, maybe there's a little bit of shyness there, too, perhaps. But like it was more so just like he was just a really good guy. Yeah, no, I, I remember those days. I had a class with Jordan Reed that year and I just remember the conversations in class where she's like asking me about him, like, what should I say? Like, doesn't seem like he's interested but I think part of the reason she probably felt that way is because the way that he shows he's interested in somebody is different than any other, you know, 17 year old kid to your point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that would have been a cool thing to see him develop as he got older. Cause he would have, uh, yeah, I think he may have just needed help, help finding what he even really liked in other people and women specifically. Um, Cause yeah, he definitely had his own style and pace about those things, which was really cool. And I was similar to him. And so it was like funny, we'd go to the bars. Right. And this took me a while to even realize um, we had some girlfriends go out with us and they're like, do y'all like normally hit on like girls at the bar or whatever. It's like, no, I'm usually just talking to Jansen, like bullshitting with him and just having a good time. <laughs> like we never even thought about that. Yeah. Uh, we would just be having fun, just being silly. So yeah, I don't know. That's it's very unique, I think, that he was like that. Yeah. I think silly is a good word to describe him as well. I don't think anybody's used that word. I think we've talked a lot about like his bits, but yeah, he was silly. Dude, I still laugh at jokes he told me. Yeah. Uh, all the time he was like yeah uh where's Wes yeah he's in, he's in trouble with the IRS he's not coming <laughs> he's got problems with the feds I was like wait what and then I would just yeah I would just laugh about it uh it still cracks me up that reminds me uh so we both had to take an extra semester at UT and um I don't remember what happened but like the registrar's office there was a process that you had to follow. You had to like, I guess, submit your transcript. I, I honestly don't remember what you had to do, but we both followed the same process and his got approved and he graduated on time and like, you know, had all the paperwork and, you know, got his diploma in uh, the mail, but mine got mixed up in that administrative process. So because of their error, I didn't get my degree until six months later because of their fuck up. So for like the next six months, he'd, he'd just be like, wait, did you even graduate? Like, are, aren't you still like, you haven't graduated, <laughs> right? 
And I'd be like, we, we both finished class. And he's like, yeah, but you don't have your degree. He's like, I do. I can show you mine. Mine's at home. And there's, I don't know, there's like little jokes. Like, he's like, where is yours? Yeah. And he, he would love to tell people about it. I don't know. That's hilarious. Yeah. He never saw me get my degree. Dang. Well, I finished it. Just took him until after. Yeah. But he never made those jokes because I think he knew that I felt a little bit more personal about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah that's funny another funny thing that uh reminds me of too is just like he would just have very specific opinions on things and he would just like that opinion is fact basically mm-hmm. and and so it's just like i just remember early on when matt and ashley were dating maybe three months after they started dating i don't even know if they're even official yet he's like we're at the bar or whatever pre-gaming or just somewhere i don't know and he's like, yeah, dude. I was like, what? He's like, just watch. Matt's going to marry her. Just watch, dude. You know what's so funny? I shared this with Ashlyn the other day for her recording, and she had never heard that before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but he told you that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he just knew intuitively. It was like he could kind of – he could just sense it, yeah. um, which is like wild because – you know, we're in college at the time. Like, no one's thinking in those terms at all, except for I guess he was. Um, so yeah, he just had a very good intuition on things in general about I think who people were, and more so than perhaps they even knew about themselves. He could tell something. Yeah. I guess yeah. when you think when you think back about all of your shared memories, like, is there one that jumps out at you as a favorite? No, it's kind of like you were, you were saying about that Bob Weir documentary. It's kind of like, you know, there's no specific important conversations or memories that were like really solidified, like everything. But it's just all the tiny moments that I think added up to when I like some get triggered with a specific memory, like, oh, that's who Jansen was. And it's like, like we were just bullshitting most of the time, but he just the way he made people so comfortable is just like unparalleled. Um, but I don't know. I guess one that always comes to mind for me is a very small one that just of like, like when we went to the Folsom Field show together and he, like, I have trouble sleeping at night and he seems to not have trouble sleeping. Um, and just so, chooses yeah, not he, to sleep. He just, he's like, we could easily share this like king size bed together. Or I can sleep on that by myself and he sleeps on a literal pool floaty. And he's like, dude, take the bed. Come on, man. You need to take the bed. He wouldn't even, he, I was like, no, you can have it one night. I have it the other. He was like, he was like, no, 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 you take it. Um, and then I just have this picture of him like laying back on this pool floaty, like acting all relaxed. And then I'm laying on the bed all relaxed. And it's like, we both have the picture. But that was just like, that encompassed exactly who he was. Like he was selfless and like, but he, and it wasn't even me asking. He sensed it prior and volunteer already um which is really cool i don't know it was it's things like that and i think because we spent so much time with them like in in a weird way it's almost like we were in a relationship with him because yeah. like like obviously like it was a like platonic friendship but it was just like the way the closeness was there he knew all these little things about you or me that he could just sense because like he was just so in tune with us and had spent so much time with us over the years. Um, like all of the nonverbal communication. 
Like, yeah, that was most of our communication, I feel like. Yeah. Like, he could give me, like, a glance and, like, make a face, and I'd know exactly what he was thinking and vice versa. And, uh, yeah, no, it's a strange thing. Um, and because it was all nonverbal, it never really got too verbal. It was, yeah. like, he knew how we were thinking, but I didn't really know how he was thinking about things. I never really knew what was going on specifically inside of him. He, I mean, when he was getting pissed off, he'd show up pretty easily. You could just tell he would be in a foul mood. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you couldn't tell. And he would just have something going on really deep. And he just, we had no idea, you know. So that's one thing, too, I think about, like, I feel like uh, I would have liked to have tried to explore with him a little bit more. Um, I could yeah. think of one occasion freshman year where we just stayed up all night long talking and, you know, we talked about all sorts of stuff. Um, but even back then he was like, I think he said something about like, I think like saying too much about my feelings is like overrated or something. And I didn't agree with that at all, but I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, because even him mentioning that to me was like, okay, he's giving me some insight about what's going on. He's just yeah. basically saying he doesn't feel like he wants to trust th- those emotions out of him. I don't know. I think it all goes back to him feeling like he was burdening somebody with his problems. So rather than burdening somebody with, you know, his feelings and what's going on in his life and his problems, whatever, um, he would just like rather not talk about it at all. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Know. He definitely felt that burden a lot. Which... But do you remember, I, I brought up this story to Carrie. Um, do you remember that night I called you? And I was like, dude, I just got home. It was like 10, 10.30 p.m. And it was really cold outside. And I was like, I just got home. And he's out here sitting on the fence, like just not talking. And yeah, not on his phone. He's like just sitting there with his hoodie, his hoodie on. <laughs> and he never had AirPods or anything. He just had those normal Apple headphones. Like he just had them. Wired. In. Yeah. And he was just sitting there like this and I come in, I'm like, dude, are you all right? And he's like, Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, uh, just wanted to get some air. It's like, all right. And I like, went inside or I went on a walk. I can't remember how I, I think maybe I went on a walk and I called you and I was like, dude, like, what do I do? And you were like, just go like, not just go like knock on his door and, you know, ask him what's going on and talk to him about it. And I literally walked up to his door and like walked away like 10 times and like was about to knock and didn't. And that's, I just like definitely like one of the, my biggest regrets. Like there were, there were a few, there were a few um, times where I was in a similar situation and I, rather than trying to like pull it out of him and like make him talk about it. I like basically like wimped out and I was like, I don't know how to have these conversations with him. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel the same way. And I feel like, yeah, we all can kind of have that story. And I remember that night as well. That was what only like three to six months before he passed. I want to say it was in that house. Wasn't it? I think this was actually the year before um, because it was really cold outside. Uh, like, I want to say it was, like, that either sense. October, November of the previous year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, definitely wish I could have, 
but he was a hard nut to crack, man. There's no doubt about it. But like, I think also with his passing, that all taught us to be more open with each other um, because we share some of those similar regrets with him. And so it's like, like, and that's what's kind of cool too. Like when I come back to Austin and I see B like, well, first of all, I try to hug all my friends now. I'm not a very touchy-feely person, but I really try to <laughs> hug everybody now when I see them. Yeah. And part of it's kind of a bit, but really part of it's because it's like, you know, it's like those situations happen and you want to show people really you care about them. And even with B, like we just met for a beer and then we hug and he's like, I love you, man. And it's like, yeah, I love you too. And it's like, those are the things that I wish that I think we all know it, but like, I'm not sure Jansen ever really, he he really felt it as much as I wish he would have. Maybe he did, but like, I feel like that's something I would have liked to have told him more or made him feel more, you know, but we struggled to hit the back then too. It's, it was never an easy thing. Yeah. No, I said the, I've said the exact same thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like the, the week after he passed, that was something that constantly, you know, came to mind for me. I wish I would have just told him like how much he meant to me as a friend and how much I admired him and you know but part of me feels like he knew that like (laughs) he would always say uh not I'm everybody's favorite I can't remember how he would phrase it but he would acknowledge that like people just wanted to hang out with him because he was like so chill or whatever funny or smart <laughs> like he he knew that people like he knew that people gravitated towards him yeah and yeah but i don't know yeah i definitely wish that we would have um all had a chance to actually say it but i think he said it to us in his own way with like comments like that and like i just remember once where I was like talking to, cause I would climb with Steven and Matt and Nebel and I made some joke about, I was like, yeah, I mean, when I hit my late thirties, Steven, like, you know, you never know. I'm going to, you know, give you that phone call. I'm going to be like, yo, what's the plan? What do I need to do? And he's like, Steven's like, oh, I know I'm already waiting for that phone call. Just kind of like, I didn't have my shit together basically. Like I was going to have some major breakdown. And then uh, I tell that, I tell that story to Jansen and he's like, yeah, he mentioned that to me. He's like, and he just started cracking up. Like, what was he even thinking? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I can just tell these stories. And like, I was like, I'm not a liar. He's like, no, he's like, but you're a storyteller. And I was like, that was that it was weird comment by Jansen, but it made me feel good in a way because like I had this reputation that I was trying to shed of like being flaky and, untrustworthy at the time um, whether it's warranted or not and he put it in terms of like no it's it's not you it's just like maybe the way you can like talk about certain things in a very nice way um so i don't know i just was another thing that reminded me he felt me even with like that i don't know if it's feedback i guess i qualified as but it felt made me feel very comfortable in the way i received it where i was like okay that's something i can work with there yeah no i know the feeling um Yeah, it would just be like little moments where maybe he didn't necessarily say like, Daniel, you're a good storyteller, but there would be this epic story that I had told him or whatever that he thought was like hilarious. 
and he would tell part of it and be like, wait, no, Daniel, why don't you tell it? Like, you tell it good. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, uh, probably the stupidest stories, but funny. Yeah, there was a story at the Fish concert that had me and Wesley rolling because I can just picture Jansen telling this story, uh, having seen it. Basically, I don't know if Wes told you. I don't know why he would have. But basically, we were at the show, and – there's this guy in front of us and I can just picture Jansen there in this moment. There's this guy in front of us just kind of looking around and he's like, where's Dave? Where's Dave? And we're like, you looking for your friend, man? And he's like, yeah, I don't know where Dave is, but he's probably just looking at me somewhere and laughing at me. He's like, but cause this guy had just come back from the restroom and couldn't find his friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can just picture Jansen in that moment, like, like just loving this like interaction. And then he's like, I don't remember. I think he was a little bit behind me. And then Wesley's like, is that Dave? There's a guy filming you laughing, like two rows up. <laughs> sure enough, there's this guy laughing, just filming him. He's like, I knew Dave would be laughing at me. And I can just picture Jansen like loving that and having been there. And then that guy, Dave, comes up and he's like, I had to say hello to y'all. What's up? Thank you for looking out for my friend here, looking for me. Uh, but he knew the guy was there the whole time. And that's like yeah. classic jam show when just silly stuff like that happens and jansen would have just been rolling laughing that whole time yeah uh, like that's like a like he, he was made for situations like that always just silly silly stuff you know fuck that triggered a memory and i just forgot it yeah i lost it yeah that's what's a bummer, dude. I feel like as I get older, some of these memories kind of fade in my mind. But then you get something that triggers it the right way. And like, oh, okay, cool. It's still there. But that's something I still definitely struggle with. It's like I try to keep hold of these things. But, you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the way everybody has explained it, it's more of like a feeling and less of a memory where, like, you remember everything that was said it's more of like, I remember how I felt in that moment or in these moments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't rule out the fact that Jansen could have had some type of angelic quality to him straight up. I mean, he definitely had that ability unparalleled just of making people feel comfortable, especially people he was close to. Um, And then whenever like he would meet new people, we'd bring new people around. They'd always remember Jansen. Yeah, I don't know if they they wouldn't remember my name. Maybe they wouldn't remember B's name. Yeah. Um, but Jansen, for like, sure, they'd be like Jansen. I remember. They're like, yeah, I remember that Jansen guy. He was really funny. Or I remember that Jansen guy. He was really cool. Uh, yeah. They always said that about him, which was really neat. Yeah, yeah. He was he was always the the favorite. Like whenever a new person was introduced to the group, or we randomly met, you know a group of people on any given night, he was always the uh, entertainer, you know? Like, I, I remember those last, like, the last, like, maybe six, seven months, you and him would do this thing where y'all would go to the, the w? w. Yeah, and y'all would both just meet different people and kind <laughs> of do your own thing for the night and, like, basically build your own crew. And uh, I don't know. I feel like he thrived in those situations. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of those nights where he said he, cause I think I had like, I don't know. I had met somebody random and went like went off with them or something, did my own thing. 
and I felt terrible. The next day I called him like Jansen, so sorry for ditching you, man. Like uh, I was super wasted and like I I I uh I just had to go home and or do my own thing. He's like, it's all good. Cause basically what happened was after he started reminding me, we both went to the bathroom, separate bathrooms at the W. And then I like was just so drunk, I like get out of the bathroom and leave. And then just completely ditch him. And then he gets out of the bathroom, looks around, doesn't see me, just starts talking to the people in front of him. And then he was like, he was like, it actually turned out pretty good uh, because I just started talking and these people just started listening to what I was saying. And then I had this whole audience just listening to everything. That's what he saying. told me. Yeah. He's like, I basically turned into like the leader of your group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was like his, again, his way of like saying it's all good. Cause I felt terrible. Um, but he, you know, it ended up working in his favor. He, he, yeah, he was great to bring to parties, man, or just any social setting because like, it was just like, okay, he can be the audience or he can be the, not entertainment, but like he'll make them feel comfortable. Therefore it'll work for all of us. You know, I said the exact same thing on, I guess, I don't remember who I was talking to, but it was, it was one of these conversations (laughs) and basically like, you know, anytime I would be in a social setting with him and maybe we were like the two odd ones out where we didn't know everybody. I always knew that I could rely on him for carrying the load socially. Like he'd be the one that could carry the conversation and, you know, yeah. uh, like I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just my personality, but like when I get put in situations like that, I almost don't want to be as social. Like I'd rather just observe the situation and kind of like take it in before I choose to participate in the conversation or whatever's going on. So I knew that if I was with him, he could kind of just like, you know, yeah, like you said, entertain or, you know, just. But what's funny is I think he would share the similar viewpoint as us. He'd like to be the observer or whatever too, but it just happened to him automatically where he was also going to be inserted into some, <laughs> funny situation, some weird interaction with somebody walking by and then their yeah. conversation will start. He'll be the catalyst, you know, yeah. uh, somebody will come up to him and say something about his hair or like just something about his shirt or whatever. And boom, it's like off to the races because he, yeah, I think he just became a natural participant um, through no fault of his own. He, it just, it was just going to happen. So that's cool. So I'm curious. Another question I have is, uh, were there any, like, based on these interviews you've had, any, like, surprising things you heard that you weren't totally aware of or, like, cool stories you heard that were, like, maybe I should just wait till this comes out and, like, I don't know. None that come to mind. I, I feel like for the most part, it, it's interesting. Um, after I'd after I had, I did this with Obergun, we went and got dinner and we were just talking about Jansen. Maybe he said this on the interview. I, I don't know, but he said, you know, like for you or me, if people were doing this and you talk to 10 different people who know me or 10 different people that know you, you might get 10 completely different uh, perspectives of who we are, just like depending on like where we were in life or, you know, like what was going on or you know, the, 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 the dynamic between you and that specific person. But for Jansen, it feels like it's very consistent. Like 
everything that you've said, almost every person has said. Like the qualities that made him, the characteristics that made him Jansen were, are just so apparent. Like he, I don't know, how did you put it? You said he's like a shining light or whatever you said. Basically, yeah. 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 Um, Like he was very true to himself. Almost like this is a, yeah, this is a silly comparison. Almost like uh, I heard an interview or podcast with Charles Barkley, and he's like, it was with him and Conan. He's like, you know, Conan, I've always been a straight shooter. I just found it to be much easier that way for myself. And maybe he's kind of like Charles Barkley in that way, where it's like he's kind of the same guy in every setting. Um, yeah. Different in other ways, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. I don't know that it kind of reminded me. Um, but there are some good stories, by the way, and you should listen to it. Um, that, I was on Instagram earlier today, and it was like either House of Highlights or Pro City Hoops, one of these basketball accounts that I follow. And it's a video of Paul Pierce, and uh, he's playing poker at some casino or something, and he's saying really cringe like inappropriate things to the waitress who's coming by with drinks and it's a video from like 10 15 years ago and it was just like another example of a time where all i could think of was like one jansen would get a kick out of this because it's paul pierce just making a fool of himself and just stupid and two he'd be roasting like the fuck out of him (laughs) yeah jesus Even even this weekend, I had a thought like that because I rewatched. Um, which I don't know why I rewatched, to be honest, but um, I watched "Call Me by Your Name." Yeah, and I saw it when it first came out. Thought it was pretty good, um, but I watched it with Arielle. She hadn't seen it, yeah. and it didn't feel nearly as good to me. And that's the first time I'd seen it, and I was just like, "Cause Jansen saw that movie, right? He, I'm pretty sure I think he did. so." And he liked it, I remember. I remember like talking to him about it, same as me. And I was like, I wonder what Jansen would think if he watched it again now that it's been a couple of years. Um, it, it, and I, it's just funny because it's like I still have those thoughts like all the time. Like, I wonder what he would think about this now. Because I bet you his opinion would have changed, probably similar to mine. Um, I thought like too when I was younger, like I spent so much time with Jansen from like middle school, high school, early high school on and then starting from freshman year, we lived together, then lived through, together all through college, and then he moved in with you and all that. But I spent so much time with him that I, I started to wonder, I was like, have I spent more time with guys like Jansen than I have like my own older siblings? I was like, if I counted up all the hours, I wonder. And I was like, maybe it's like, we'd be getting close to that point. And that just speaks to the, how close we were, you know, or like yeah. all of us were with him. Most, yeah, I we for sure spend more time with Jansen than... I mean, I don't know, maybe for me, Mateo is probably pretty close uh, in terms of like how much time was spent. But yeah, no, like, I mean, basketball, we did Mavericks together, which was like a huge time commitment. (laughs) And yeah, we all lived together freshman year, which is funny to think about. Um, And then, yeah, yeah, like living with him, the end of college and like the entering into our adulthood. I definitely spent more time with him than so maybe like between 2015 and 2019, 
I might have spent equal amount of time with him as I did with Tori, who was my <laughs> significant other. Your fiance. To. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Which is a weird thing. No, thought. for sure. Yeah, and it's like we, and I think maybe that's where we can cut ourselves a break because we feel like we wanted to communicate how much he meant to us. But to be real, it's like that was one way we did it was with the quality time we spent with him. Like then all of a sudden he passes away and there's just like this gaping hole yep. in all of our lives. And it's like, oh, that's where Jansen was. And that's what we like now I need to figure out what I'm going to do. So I'm going to get my own place and move to Lake Tahoe. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And because I didn't realize like so much of our time, he was just, and I say this in a he was basically just sucking us in with his aura, right? He, it was his yeah. aura. And it was like, that was what was so powerful about it. It was like, he could affect us all in this way. He was the glue guy. And maybe we knew it, but we didn't really know it. Like, uh, it became so apparent after the fact. Yeah, I remember having a really weird thought. So, um, I remember when, when Tori moved, to Dallas uh for her job like right after she had finished her her um analytics program I remember being like really bummed that we were gonna have to do the long distance thing but whenever I was trying to think of the positives that would come out of it I was like oh like I'll get to spend more time with Jansen and that's just like such a weird thought to have (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's like that's what I'm saying like in a way we were kind of all in a relationship with them. Um, and even like, you know, I've mentioned this before too. We, it was one New Year's Eve and I was just kind of feeling like whatever, I don't know. Uh, and then he comes up to me and he was like, just wait, dude. After this whole New Year's Eve thing's done with this group of people, um, he's like, we'll start going uh, fish at Madison Square Garden together started doing that every years and so it's like he was already thinking about long-term plans with his friends in that kind of way like future new years years down the road um which is just funny to me that like he cared so much about the people in his mind like his life that way that he was making plans already yeah I, I, there's literally no greater there's no better way of honoring him than like what we're about to do in a week like going on a guy's trip and watching the dead, like, and just, I mean, completely forget about the fact that we're going to go see them play two shows. We could just be going to Chicago and just kicking it yeah. for two days, doing whatever. And uh, I don't know, like those are always, those those are going to be the best memories that I have, I think, for the rest of my life. Or not best memories, but at least, you know, like top 10, 20 just thinking back to those those trips where it's just the dudes and we're being guys, <laughs> having Dude, fun, guys. messing around. Yeah, well, laughing, that's what I'm looking for. A lot of to, laughter. Man. A lot of laughter. And um, this is just my perspective, but I really do think that, like, yeah, we're going to be honoring him. But once we start playing that music and once we, like, once the silly – kind of subsides for a sec it's going to be like uh oh he's actually here too like he's here we feel him here and it's going to be a very palpable presence um i so i think he'll be there with us and i really do and i think like 
and other situations that just come randomly to mind, like he's there with you actually in whatever form it is, that feeling he gives you, like that's giving him giving you that, I think. Um, and like Bob Weir said in a podcast, something about how like the music in a lot of these songs, the music in general is a living thing. And the musicians are just the vessels through that are like breathing out that music, communicating that music with the audience, right? And so in the same way, it's like those songs would be played and they're living things coming from somewhere else and Jansen will interact with that and be living and we're going to be on the receiving end of that. And that's going to be really cool. So yeah, there's no question. I'm excited for that. Um, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, Even when we're at dinner together or when we're eating Italian beef or like some <laughs> silly hot dog situation happens or something, you know, somebody spills something like we'll be there too, for sure. I think. Yeah. No, I, as you were as you were saying all of that, I literally had goosebumps and I'm like, fuck, like, is he, I feel like his presence is here right now, like in these conversations. And I felt like that, um, in in the other conversations as well, like the one that I think of is the one I had with Obergon because we were just sitting there on the couch and it's like 5 PM on a Friday. Um, I didn't have work because we get every other Friday off and I think maybe Obergon like took like half the day off or whatever. And the whole time it just, we were just sitting there drinking beer and it felt like he was sitting there with us. Like it felt like I, you know, got in a time machine and went back to like 2017, 2018. And it's Friday after work. We're just sitting on the couch <laughs> and Obergon comes over and we're having a couple beers trying to figure out what we're going to go do. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel his presence in moments like that. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. And I think, like, that was cool about, I don't know if you've seen Wes's new tattoo. No, it's I like haven't. A, I haven't seen Wes since February. So I haven't seen he, any of the tattoos. But I don't know how many he has. But he has this one on his calf, which is like a more, like, American traditional style. But it has a blue jay on it. And he was talking to me, and this is something I didn't know. Um and maybe I'm butchering it, but he was basically saying like um, the family members have all like found certain things that they felt Jansen has like felt his presence through or communicated through. And for him, that was Blue Jays. And Jansen loved the color blue and just like seeing Blue Jays in the yard, he could feel that communication, that presence from Jansen. And I thought that was a really cool like thing because it's like, you know, from what I just mentioned, I feel that way too. Maybe it wasn't a specific animal or whatever, but like, it's not just like any standalone thing. It's like, that's other people feel that too, which I think is pretty neat. Yeah. So I know you have to go in a couple of minutes, but um, there was this one time, so maybe like a year ago, I was, I was driving to South Padre to meet up with Tori and her family for a beach trip. And I was listening to, I guess, a song that reminded me of him. And I was literally just like in the car, like just like bawling and uh, my service, like just like went out and the music went off and I like couldn't get it to come back on. And I was like, holy shit, like it almost feels like this is like a message from him where he's like, don't fucking cry about me. Like, yeah, it's like, you're so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sure it was just a poor signal or something, but I mean, but why not? Why not? Like, it's, uh, I don't know, the universe is big, man. I yeah. think 
I choose to believe that because I think it's uh, I well I think it's true and I think it yeah I don't know um, yeah yeah anyway that's uh I could talk about this stuff for hours and it's really do just you, got my, my do you have to go and do you have to go in one minute because there's one more thing I wanted to no 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 ask yes. you about yeah eight fifteen I'm good okay what time do you have to go well the draft starts at eight fifteen but oh, I think people are coming over now but gotcha. anyway yeah um. I'm literally blanking right now. What's the name of the book that we both read? Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Yes. I don't know. I just wanted to quickly talk about that. I. I yeah. So, I only read the book because you were reading it, and you reminded me that that was a book that he liked, and I I remember always seeing it in his room, and then. Oh, cool! You saw it in his room. Yeah, yeah. It was in his room. Um, he didn't have many possessions and um he yeah it was like on his desk it was like lonesome dove and then there's a book about uh fuck it was a book he had to read for his african-american studies class mass incarceration mass incarceration yeah like those were like the two books that he had <laughs> on his desk. Um, yeah. And I don't know when you shared that you were reading it because it reminded you of him. I was like, I'm in. Um, yeah. Well, what was cool was like, he had mentioned that book, but as like my memory faded, I was like, is, did Jansen really read that book? Or is that just a memory I kind of implanted into my mind? So to be honest, like part of me hadn't, like he he told me it was one of his favorite books. It's what I remember. Or like it was a really good book. Uh, the TV show was great too. Um, but he never really recommended it. But he would like occasionally talk about like how it was one of his favorite books. Um, and then so that's why like I really wanted to read it. And then as you know that story like the characters are just so vibrant and comes alive. And I could just like see him enjoying it. And because he really liked he really liked like epic stories and like. He likes serial dramas and like, I, and I feel see like him just, uh-huh. no, I was just saying, I feel like at the root of the story, it was for the most part about friendship, like yeah. friend, like, you know, friendship and, and death really. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It really was. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a line in that book where I don't even know if it relates, but what's the name of their like helper guy, the Mexican guy um ah dude my memory shot i know you're talking about that but anyway he says something like he's like seeing some song and it makes all the other like cowboy guys just kind of like sad and he's like why are you singing that sad song he's like because uh life is sad but i am happy and and that just kind of like that i don't know there's like lines like that in the book that just kind of resonate me it made me think about Jansen where it's like, you know, like he recognized there's a lot like wrong in the world. And there was like, whether it be through things like mass incarceration or like um, inequality, even like these are even feminism, like these are things Jansen would talk about. Um, but he still just had such a happy spirit about him that just radiated through everything he did. And I think he kind of encompassed that 
it's like yeah it's just the way he lives so that like that part of the book resonated with me and i almost wonder if it's like you read books they can shape who you are i wonder because he read that when he was a little younger like if that also just shaped him which would be pretty neat yeah i wonder how old he was when he read that dude i think he was young man i think he was like <laughs> middle school or early high school age you think so i think so i don't think he read it in Maybe he read it in college, but I'm pretty sure because I saw him in middle school. This is a middle school memory. He was walking around with the Godfather, the book, and he <laughs> read the entire and he read it. He read the whole thing. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I have no. I think that's probably somewhere during that phase. I think is when he read it. Yeah, it, it just reminds me of how uh, he was making his way through the audiobook versions of. Uh, all of the Game of Thrones books. <laughs> and those books yeah, are like get... 18 hours a piece. <laughs> and he watched the show like three or four times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was always a point of contention. I hated Game of Thrones, but he always saw the good in it. So, yeah. yeah. But cool, man. Well, I guess I'll, I'll have to cut out here. I want to take a, I don't know. I could talk about this forever.